Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. How do you feel great on vacation? Like, really good? Easy. You go to Aruba. You'll spend your time relaxing on cool white sand beaches and floating in healing blue water. You'll immerse yourself in natural wonder and find your center on an island where things move at your speed. You won't just feel great. You'll feel relaxed, renewed, and ready for life. That's the Aruba effect. Plan your trip at aruba.com. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. We return to Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A. On Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Some guests of the show receive gift certificates to Ruth's Chris Steakhouse. Follow the sizzle to Alberta's own Ruth's Chris Steakhouse, 9990 Jasper Avenue. Tell Brendan, Maggie, and the staff that Oilers now sent you. Taking a bit of a left turn here uh, in this next segment of the show was we're going to talk sports psychology. And it's an interesting field and it's an ever-evolving field. And of course, with things like social media growing and mental health awareness becoming more of a forefront topic, it's it's growing alongside the rest of the world. So to discuss this a little bit more, we've elicited the help of John Stevenson, who again has spent time working with some of the local hockey programs here in the city. He works with NHLers. And we'll start, John, as I bring you aboard the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline by just getting you to describe to the listeners, in your words, what exactly sports psychology is. Well, I mean, for me, it, it's creating the right feeling, creating the right focus, creating the right attitude. And then I call uh, mental toughness, what I call is the, the seven C's. So you have composure, you have concentration, you have consistency, you have commitment, you have confidence, coachability, and then compassion. And, um, you know, obviously when an athlete makes a mistake, um, having that ability to um, be okay with it and be able to let it go and then be able to bring their their focus back, you know, they're, you know, in hockey terms, being able to bring their head back into the game. And that's what I mean by compassion. So I look at those seven C's and just like a technical skill or physical skill, these are skills that can be taught and can be learned and and developed. So you're essentially equipping athletes with tools mentally in which they're able to cope with stuff that is adding stress that might be taking away for their performance. Well, absolutely, and a lot, you know, of athletes don't even realize how they sabotage themselves. Like, for example, you know, a lot of guys are going in, whether it be the Western Hockey League or, you know, the pros, they're they're going into their season, upcoming season. And this may sound funny, but, you know, when I talk to young kids as well, it's, you know, I'll say, okay, who who are you going to play for this year? And, And I'll say, well, your job is not to make that team. And I get a lot of strange looks from parents and kids and even the pros. And I say, well, whose job is it to pick the team? Well, that's the coaching staff. That's the management. That's not your job. If you're a goalie, at the end of the day, your your job is to stop the puck. And so go focus on your job. Let the coaching staff and the management do what they do. You go need what you need to do to execute on the ice, if that makes sense. And... 
Let's just talk about what what age you would start seeing some of these real pressures come in for an athlete. I mean, you've got, again, the pressure of making a team. Perhaps you've got, uh, everybody knows, one of those parents who puts a lot of pressure on the youngsters. So when, when do you start seeing a sort of a shift for when things get more competitive and, they're, and therefore more stressful? Well, great question. I, I think it's season started earlier now. Um, you know, I would say 10 years ago, maybe, um, you know, when an athlete's maybe around 14 or 15, but now it, even if you're talking sports like figure skating or gymnastics, it can be even quite, you know, quite sooner. It can be even, unfortunately, in, in my opinion, sometimes like eight or nine years of age. So there seems to be a lot more, um, pressure and stress put on young athletes at, a, at an earlier age nowadays. Chatting with John Stevenson from Zone Performance here in Edmonton. He's a registered psychologist with uh, the real sports influence. So, John, uh, just talk to me about the science of this all. I understand that it's really developed in recent years and into, uh, I guess, less theory and more concrete stuff and tangible stuff and and more things that you can focus on. So tell me about that. Well, as I mentioned earlier, you know, I I think about teaching people how to create the right feeling. And as a psychophysiologist, you know, for example, we can teach the military, we can teach the police force, we can teach athletes how to control their heart rate. Um, We can teach the clients how to control what we call their skin conductance, their emotional reactivity. And a lot of people might know it as the lie detector test or, you know, your sweat gland response. Don't show them that you're, you're sweating. And, and we can also teach clients how to control their muscle tension, uh, which is EMG. And we can also teach the clients how to control their temperature, you know, and when they start to, for example, just use proper diaphragmatic breathing, it's a technique called heart rate variability. So with biofeedback, you're taking what we call the invisible things that you can't really see within your body and making it visible and they can learn how to self-regulate and the best athletes in the world, you know, if they need to bring themselves up or they need to bring themselves down, uh, I call it their hype number. Um, So when they're really performing well, they know um, what their ideal intensity level or arousal level is. And they, the best athletes in the world can can self-regulate that. And with regards to focus, we have clients that we do what we call cognitive perceptual training where they can literally train their brain and train their eyes to see more process more Um, we can work with their brain processing speed we can work with their depth perception we can work with their scan and recognition skills and just like weight training we can objectively measure it we can see how well the brain is processing and I do a technique in my office called neurofeedback it's literally weight training for the brain and we have sensors placed on the client's head and they can literally make a movie or an animation move when they're focused and calm and they're learning how to what we call brain waves and brain waves are literally how you feel at any point in time and this type of technology can help an athlete to focus for for more intensely and for longer periods of time and and it literally 
literally is like a, a weight weight training for the brain. They, they can strengthen the neural connections within their brain, and it's for them it's really cool because they can actually see it. They, they're getting real time live feedback in terms of how they're focusing. So it, it's this is the science now. There there's there's a lot of things that we can objectively measure, you know, within the brain and in the body that can help an athlete to, to perform better. So to provide some context for that, uh, w- when you see pregame before a Hockey Night in Canada broadcast and you've got somebody like Connor Hellebuck sitting on the bench and his eyes are shifting around and that's that's putting into practice exactly what you're describing, correct? Yeah, and you'll see Braden Holpe do that. And then, for example, um, the way I can't speak for Connor, but I know when Braden is doing that, he's working his eye muscles. He's strengthening the eye muscles, but at the simultaneous, he's also doing mental rehearsal where he's running through his mind's eye, seeing, you know, odd man rushes, three on two, two on ones, and he's recognizing, you know, subtle differences like, okay, is the blade on the inside? Is the blade on the outside? Who is that player? Is you know is he in a one one timer position? And and again, a lot of these things are not just um, haphazard. There's a rhyme and a reason. There's a real specific thing that they're doing. You know, each and every practice in each and every game, and that develops their consistency in their game. Is there a position, John, or a sport, or? Anything like that that you find is more susceptible to those stressors and maybe therefore needs these kinds of practices even more than the next? Well, <laughs> that's a great question. I, I'm um, obviously um, being a former goalie. Um, you know, I know hockey's a team sport, but it's almost as a as a goalie, you're, you're playing a sport within a sport. And, you know, I often joke if if a forward misses an assignment or a defenseman misses an assignment, there may not always be an immediate consequence. But if a goalie uh, doesn't come up with a save, well, (laughs) there's a red light coming back on. So I think that's that's one of the sports that I think there can be um, a lot of pressure. Um, You know, individual sports like golf, you know, if you're – um, you need to execute a shot in that moment. Anything, I think, more of the individual sports, not to put any, you know, dismiss team sports, but I think when it's just you and you out there alone, I think there is, um, in my opinion, there is uh, sometimes more pressure to perform. Chatting with uh, registered sports psychologist John Stevenson from Zone Performance here in Edmonton. Uh, It sounds like, John, there's a lot of elements of mindfulness, which people outside of the sporting world would have more of an appreciation for in recent years. Is that fair to say? Oh, absolutely. So one of the mantras that we use is, um, I have no future. I have no past. My goal is to make the present or the moment last. I'm right here right now. And so, you know, when an athlete tends to lose their focus, um, some athletes tend to go into what I would call a different time zone. You know, maybe they had a tough shift and they can't let go of that shift. Or you have a lot of athletes right now that are really concerned about the outcome of their tryout. They're focusing on the future. And as opposed to, okay, what can you do literally today? Literally today, that you can focus on that will give you the best chance to go out and have a good tryout. And for some athletes, it's not so much that they go into a different time zone. 
Some athletes, they I call it their flashlight. Think of your focus like a flashlight. For some of the athletes, their flashlight goes to a, literally a different place. It might go to the referee. It might go to their parents up in the stands. It might go to the scouts up in the stands or the coach management. And if their flashlight's up in the stands, then their flashlight's not on the playing surface. And the first step is, you know, like you mentioned, is being more mindful, being more aware. Is my focus on the right thing at the right time and the right way? And just helping, that's where mindfulness can really be helpful because it allows them to just recognize and then regroup and then bring their focus back to where, where it needs to be during the competition. So, of course, with the show being called Oilers Now, I've got to ask you about the stressors of playing in a Canadian hockey market in particular. At any point in history, it would have been stressful. But now you've got an age where there's social media. Um, Of course, the culture around this team in recent years has has not been a a tremendously successful one. So, do you think... I guess where I'm going with this is just the added pressure in a Canadian sports market, especially around a culture of sport where you're not really allowed to be vulnerable in some senses. Well, and this this is where, you know, anybody on the Oilers um, team, whether it be, you know, the actual players or the staff or the management, they, they know this, and that's, you got to focus on the things that you have 100% direct control over. And I use the phrase control the controllables. And people are going to say what they're going to say. And I think, you know, the best athletes, you know, recognize and acknowledge it. But at the end of the day, they got to just focus on the things that allows them to do, to do their job on the ice. And, uh, um, I think that's the key thing. It's, it's, a lot of times people and athletes can get into trouble because they do allow their focus to go to things that they don't have direct control over. And, and a lot of the times when I work with athletes, that's the biggest thing is just reminding them to bring their focus back to what they have direct control over. And that would allow them to, to do their job as, as coach Belichick of the Patriots would say, know your job, do your job, enjoy your job and, and keep your focus there in, in, during tryouts and, and in the regular season. It's easy said, but often hard to, hard to do. How much of an importance do you place on having a cadence or um, a routine, something like that, that you can step up and, and just get yourself comfortable? And I, I think about a basketball player shooting a free throw or a pitcher going through his routine on the mound. Well, my question for you, would you get on an airplane if the pilot, did, didn't, the pilot didn't do their pre-flight checklist? That's a very good point. Simply put. <laughs> right. Would you do that? Of course not. No. And so, you know, and that's what the best athletes do is I talk about they, they, they you know, <laughs> this may sound funny, but baking a cake is like getting into the zone. You know, getting into the zone is like baking a cake. You, you have to know your key ingredients. And everybody, the, the two big things are, in my opinion, are what are, what are all the series of little activities and things that you need to do to feel focused, to feel prepared, to feel confident. And then going back to, again, to that, that hype number, it's, you know, what intensity level do you need to do your best work? And where a lot of athletes get into trouble is 
everybody's hype number is a little bit different. You know, an offensive guard for the Eskimos might have a different hype number, you know, compared to a wide receiver. And I think that's where a lot of athletes can get into trouble sometimes as they start to compare themselves to other people. And what might work for one person, I mean, I can tell you right now that the hype number for you know, different goalies in the National Hockey League. Some guys need to be more calm. Other guys need to be more pumped up. And and yeah, I think you have to honor yourself and, and grounding yourself in that routine. That That's literally what it does. It allows you to stay in the moment where you're not getting caught up into the past or getting into the future. And if you look at the best guys on the PGA Tour, that's what they do. That's one of the ways... You know, they ground themselves, whether they're in North America or they're in, you know, anywhere else in the world. They they use their routine to, to play literally one shot at a time. John Stevenson is a registered psychologist, uh, particularly with the sports fields here, John. And just a couple more for you. I want to know about with this mental health movement that we've had in recent years, have you seen um, perhaps an increase in people reaching out and and realizing that they might need some uh, external help in terms of being able to focus and be able to perform at their highest level, knowing that they're more willing and it's more appropriate to acknowledge uh, a deficiency uh, in the mental health aspect of things? Boy, great, great question. Um, Yes and no. Um, I do definitely see, you know, when you get elite athletes coming out like Michael Phelps and talking about how, you know, sports psychology is helping not just only his sport but his life. Um, I think, you know, a lot of the hockey players that are now coming out and talking about that, um, how it's helped them. Um, but I still really believe that there's a lot of National Hockey League um, and professional athletes that there is. I mean, I, I can't comment on names, but I've had several NHL players tell me, John, boy, um, you know, a lot of guys just will not talk to you because it's perceived as a weakness. And, um, you know, no one says, hey, if you're going to go to your see your nutritionist, no one questions that, or if, you, or if you said, okay, I'm going to go see my strength and conditioning coach, no one perceives that as a weakness. But if you say, I'm going to go see my sports psychologist, um, there, there's still that, what I would call stigma, and I would like to get it to the point where, you know, a lot of my clients that come and see me, um, they're very, doing very, very well in all aspects of their life, but they just want to improve their focus or they want to improve their resiliency. And so I I hope it gets to a point where people can have open and honest conversations about uh, mental health. And I think it's really important, you know, if someone is dealing with a concussion that they feel safe and that it's uh, something that uh, they can talk openly about, that, that they can improve the quality of their life and improve the quality of their performance. So, I think it's getting better, but there's still, I think, a long way to go. Well, it's interesting you bring up the the concussion, and I understand that this that sports psychology is a big part of uh, rehabilitation from injuries and just getting your mind focused back into. I guess if you blow out an ACL, you've got to retrain your mind to be confident on on using that part of your body that's been damaged, and and that's not even necessarily limited to professional athletes. I mean, you, sports psychology reaches just your average Joe who's trying to get back into the gym, kind of a thing, doesn't it? 
Absolutely, and we do a lot of work with businesses in in and around Edmonton. So, you know, the ability to focus, the ability to be poised, um, you know, the best businesses in the world, they're they're very consistent. So a lot of these principles um, can be applied. I work with uh, surgeons at at the University of Alberta. I've worked with a chartered accountants of Alberta. So a lot of these um, practices you can bring into other disciplines. So, um, no, it's it, it can be for academic performance for kids that are about to start school. They, there, a lot of these principles can be used in all all sorts of walks of different different walks of life. I want to wrap up with this, John, as we finish with John Stevenson, a sports psychologist here in Edmonton. Um, Braden Holtby gave you a shout-out after the Stanley Cup victory in 2018 and just talked about how much you meant to to boost his performance. So you're working with him. Is there anybody else that's kind of noteworthy that you are working with? Well, uh, there, there are, and, and just for confidentiality reasons, unfortunately, I'm not allowed to say uh, the College of Alberta psychologists, um, you know, um, has very strict guidelines on it. There, there are quite a few um, National Hockey League players that I that I do work with, and I think um, um, there's some people here locally that that. Uh, uh, there's goalies. I, I've had uh, a lot of really. Um, I've had a lot of kids that started with me when I when I ran my goalie school here in Edmonton that are playing pro hockey that have come out publicly and acknowledged me and um, you know when Braden did that a few years ago but my only comment on it is to be honest a lot of people I was very embarrassed to be honest when he said it <laughs> um, because I re- a lot of people my role I feel in some ways is like I, I'm a Sherpa um, you know. A lot of the athletes identify what their their goal is, their Mount Everest, and then I just guide them. But at the end of the day, they got to do all the footwork to climb the mountain. And a lot of people don't realize how much work uh, Mr. Holpe put into on that part of his game. He really, really worked on it. And so when he gave me that shout out, um, uh, I don't get me wrong, it was the most amazing you know moment in my life. It was a fantastic moment, but. He also put a lot of time and effort to really work on that craft, and uh, uh, kudos to him and his family. Really appreciate you taking the time, John. That was an awesome conversation, and I look forward to connecting with you in the future. Thank you very much for having me on your show. Have Have a great day. Thanks again. Once again, that's registered sports psychologist John Stevenson operating here out of Edmonton. So an interesting uh, interesting type of conversation as we see sports right across the board evolve. And we're going to get more into that after uh, a news break here with Scott Holb. Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline. This episode is brought to you by Hyperice, the leader in advanced warm-up and recovery technology. They have tons of innovative products, like Venom-heated wearables to help soothe sore back muscles, Normatec compression boots to speed up recovery and increase circulation, and Hypervolt massage guns to improve mobility. Loved by athletes like Naomi Osaka and Erling Holland. Try them yourself. 
Get 10% off your order with the code MOVE at hyperrice.com. From the Edmonton Savages ball hockey team. Right now, we're pressing pause on Oilers Now. Brendan Escott back in a moment. This is Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 58 here in Edmonton. It is Brendan Escott with you on Oilers Now. Uh, keep those texts coming at 630-630. Still curious, what is the coolest, most memorable, most electrifying sports moment that you've seen live? Maybe you've been to an NFL game. Maybe you've been to the World Series. Uh, we had some texters talking about stuff like the Masters, Mike Weir winning in 2003. Let me know. You can call us as well at uh, 780 780- 496-0063. That is the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline. Uh, coming up at 105, we're delving into the world of ball hockey. Pleased to be joined in studio by uh, Edmonton Savages forward Scott Holbin. We'll hear what he has to say about several consecutive Nationals appearances and really what it takes to get there. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio. 630 Chad.